Radio Chili Effect is sponsored by WallStreetWindow.com and listeners like you. And now, and now the most underrated voice in all, in all media, Chuck O'Shelly. Oh, I swear everything is a trip with no luggage. Anyways, <laughs> October 27, 2021, allegedly, according to that thing, we call a calendar, and I'm already being told my mic is low. Anyway, thanks for listening live, but you could be catching us somewhere else sometime else. I appreciate you. Yes, indeed, we went to air late by about, uh, what, six, seven minutes. And if you're listening to the podcast, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, this is the show you were looking for. How do I know that? Because you can hear what I'm saying. The Ocelli Effect, it could be another time, another place. It could be on regular radio. It could be elsewhere. Who knows if my guests can restrain themselves from uh, <clears throat> saying something that's not FCC friendly. Yeah, it might get sent out there. So you never know. Anyway, no matter who you are, where you are, when you are, welcome to Wednesday or Wednesday, the middle of the week. William Ramsey is with me here in the first hour, and... Got to tell you, he's a fascinating character who I've only gotten to speak to one time before on the 2000s show that we did uh, some months ago. And and I sort of went through general topics with him. Tonight, I actually get a chance to talk to him about some of the fantastic writing he does. Now, I have read various things by this man. I, I got to tell you, I've listened to his show. And if you listen to my network, you've heard some of his shows. Recently, I just asked him, swear, right before air, I took an extra minute or two to say, hey, uh, are you not doing your show anymore? Because I haven't gotten any any recent shows. I mean, I can't keep track of everything. And he assures me that he's going to send me plenty of content. So you'll be hearing William Ramsey interviews and who knows, maybe some uh, solo rants here on Ocelli.com if you stay tuned to the online radio station and all that. Because uh, he is uh, of interest, definitely a different style from me and all that. And now I need to shut up and just ask him how he's doing. Mr. Ramsey, how you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for uh, having me back on your show. It's great to be with you, Chip. Oh, man, I, I'm really happy to have you on, actually. Um, and and especially because, again, I was sort of pressed for time and tired, and I did an eight-hour broadcast that day, um, which you were, uh, I think, 20 or 25 minutes of. <laughs> <laughs> That's exhausting. Um, so I was a little burnt, and I, I was a little, you know, a little overwhelmed. I had my 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 help from my friend here, uh, who is on the call now, Nature Boy. Everybody knows he's uh, assisting me with production stuff at this point. But um, you know, I, I was still eight hours of broadcast is <laughs> a bit much. So honestly, I didn't get to talk to you about the most fascinating book title. Um, and I, I'll have to be honest with you, I'm only read like things that people have said about this particular book title. I don't know it. I know you did a radio show uh, kind of talking about it some months ago. And I, listen, I, I, I again, to be frank, I try not to listen to too many other people's radio shows all that often because I don't want to be unduly influenced um, and, uh, you know, stick to the uniqueness of what it is that I do. So that I never sound like I'm just, you know, even though I hear the best idea, the best phrase, the best whatever, I don't ever want to be seen as an imitator. Uh, so sometimes I, I purposely avoid stuff and I really shouldn't with your stuff because it's so dynamic. You go from uh, some of the darkest sort of uh, overbearing agendas that one could look at on the, uh, you know, the grand chessboard, so to speak, the uh, the ethereal. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the almost spiritual or maybe beyond spiritual, <laughs> uh, you know, ugliness. 
And then you'll also go into true crime and you'll also go into, you know, what's uh, what is illing the the minds and spirits and possibly the bodies of those we see around us. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird the way I look at your work. You're, you're all over a bunch of stuff. And this book title sums up, in my mind, the best way. Uh, and, and you informed me that it's your most recent book. And I didn't even know that until we just went to broadcast. And uh, you said something about updating it. So help me out here. Tell tell these people about, you know, the, the name of the book. And uh, obviously, not, don't give them too much, but give them a brief synopsis <laughs> of what it is that's in there. Because because we, we do want you to go buy the book. Um, and I, I, I want to get a copy of it. Uh, and I'm going to. So anyway, I'll send you, I'll send you one. Listen, wonderful. I appreciate it, and I'll definitely take it because you know I don't make much money doing this. Uh, but, but, the, the, and I'll have you back on to talk about the details because I guarantee something. If William Ramsey took the time to write about it, there is going to be some details in there that I won't find elsewhere. So I know this about you, just based on other things that I've experienced with you, and, and I and I appreciate you. I really do. So, oh, yeah, t- tell us about this book, uh, the title first. Uh, it's availability. Is is the update available? I mean, yes. it was published in May, so let me shut up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely available. I published it in May. Title is Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen and the Slaughter of the Innocents. Kind of a long title, but really kind of encompasses kind of recent research into a theme that some of that it has kind of permeated some of my more recent interviews, which is the rise of kind of global ideology due to the internet. So you have global cults and global ideas now where people can disseminate ideas transnationally. And this death cult uh, really kind of got its legs during this kind of transnational rise of internet communications. And I've just updated this book with 20 or 25 new pages regarding all these arrests, the involvement of FBI informants, uh, recent killings in Russia, and uh, all these people who are arrested in the UK, these young kids, also a murder that took place in 2020 that was influenced by Satanism and the Order of Nine Angles, some of the writing of the Order of Nine Angles. So it really, I really, this this cult kind of came to my attention back in August of 2020. So it's a fairly recent uh, inquiry of mine, and I've done other kind of occult inquiries, but this really caught my eye because it kind of tied into similar themes of what I had researched during the Smiley Face Killers. I've done two documentaries on the Smiley Face Killers, which you can find at Vimeo, where these this phenomenon of young men going out at night and being found dead in water, sometimes 40 days later, 21 days later, where there's hundreds of these deaths. And uh, this group, the Order of Nine Angles, their kind of general, central, most malevolent concept is this concept of culling or selecting an opera, which is German for sacrifice, and conducting kind of uh, they like they have a sevenfold way or septenary way, and then the fifth external adept you were supposed to select an offer and conduct a human sacrifice. So uh, and then get away with it. So part of the part of the uh, program, at least as the Order of Nine Angles writes it out in their original documents, is to kill someone and get away with it. So uh, and you can kind of see this. This group has grown, and if you see in my book, I have a full section, just chapter seven is about the global reach of the ONA. So you'll see events in Canada, US, UK, Russia, um, Italy, there are groups, these, they have this kind of cellular organization, almost like 
a kind of like a communist cell or maybe an Islamic group, but very, they have this idea of a Nexian, which is their cell, which they're supposed to kind of influence events. And these Nexions have now kind of uh, are metastasizing and, and popping up all around the globe. And you see places like New York City, Finland, um, Sweden, Chile. So it's really kind of a, a kind of current event kind of uh, uh, this phenomenon. And you know, I really tried to capture, capsulate it and capture it in this book, Global Death Cult. Okay. And that is, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple of mouths full, right? <laughs> so, yeah. no, there's a, and there's a lot of strange words and concepts in this group. And I'd really tried to lay them out. I actually have a, a section, chapter four, that kind of talks about their concepts and what they really think. Well, I, I wish somebody would create like a flow chart, actually, to uh, to explain a few things, because uh, frankly, uh, look, people throw like I heard you use the word Satanism, but I didn't hear you do what a lot of people do. Satanism, the way it stands, is not one thing. Um, and a lot of people don't understand this concept where there is like, you know, the Church of Satan, which exists now, it's a publicly accessible organization, as existed for a long time. Their general concept is not even about Satan. Uh, they don't it, believe in a literal Satan, right? Yeah, they don't. They believe in, uh, basically, I mean, if I were to boil it down, right, you know, serious cliff notes, is that they are the god of their own world. Okay, and and that's that's the most uh, benign explanation I can give you for the Church of Satan. Now, that's not necessarily all Satanists, <laughs> um, but there there is a differentiation here. Now, when you, you put that aside, put a pin in it for a second, and you also see that there are trends of murders. You know, people watch the general mainstream media sort of, you know, crime reality, crime drama. And they get this uh, silly idea that every murder is solved, first of all. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, that's far from the truth. And it's egregiously uh, 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 a, a deception when it comes to just certain there, – there are clusters. You know, you mentioned the smiley face killer thing. And, and I'm – you know, I don't know what to make of some of the things that go on there because it's, it's a very bizarre sort of underworld. Definitely. Well, Chuck, just to interrupt, I thought the smiley face killers was an urban myth. That was my introductory kind of assessment of what it was. This this right. is a fringe idea. These guys are kind of kooky. Then I really sat down and studied it, and I actually followed the deaths of people who disappeared and ended up in water. There was a kid out of Columbus. His name was Joey Labute, and another one, uh, his name was Dakota James in Pittsburgh. And that confirmed to me that this phenomenon is real. It's not ever present. But it does happen. So there's something really weird underground, uh, underground. It's it's risen up. The smiley face killers has risen up in the environment of the internet, and and so something dark web is, in my opinion, is going on there. Sorry to interrupt. No, no problem. But somebody could say to you that you know the the uh, the dark things that have gone on with like uh, what what is it the process church, right? And you know and, and things like this where. Uh, you know, I mean, look, we, we, we could all dispense with Maury Terry's work really quickly. You covered it on your show. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, and I'm not certain that Maury Terry's correct. I'm also not certain he's incorrect. You know, he's passed now. But uh, but the idea is that many of the concepts that he came up with, this is pre-Internet. Right. Uh, 
there were networks like this that existed, and one would think just logically, objectively, that if there were these sort of networks of dark cult activity, um, that they would just, I mean, logically speaking, they'd have to thrive in the age of interconnectivity, uh, global communication, which is a lot easier. You know, you didn't just have uh, telephones you had to play tag with. Oh, no, now we can communicate, you know, directly uh, with, you know, things that disappear, encryptions, all kinds of stuff. I'm glad you mentioned encryption because that's a central part of the ONA. They encrypt a lot of their communications. Well, right. That's where I circle back. Yeah. And and the thing about it is, it's just, it's strange to me that there, there are a lot of false things that people have developed out there. And I wonder sometimes, and I'm not saying this is you, but I do wonder sometimes if that's been done on purpose too. That, you know, there, there's a great many realities and always, always people find out, you know, after the fact, you know, you know how people have to catch up to the technology and use law enforcement or otherwise. Right. Um, when it comes to, you know, the reaction of the communities, we didn't even know this was coming, w- whether it's drugs or whatever it is, they don't even know it's coming. And it, it's always, you know, in the aftermath, uh, uh, the, the after action reports where people figure out, you know, these people were all connected. They had a way of communicating. I mean, even in the case of, of a lot of the strange cult activity. And, uh, uh, you know, it, another thing is that uh, people are also under the impression that there's no more serial killers. Right. Because um, it's just not as sensational as it once was in the media environment that was. See, and I don't know. It's, it's like... Uh, how would people not think that if there is a dark network of individuals, seriously, and and imagine they existed before the Internet was, you know, publicly available for use. Uh, military had it. We didn't. But how is it that you would think that they wouldn't take advantage of that if you could believe that they existed? How could you not even believe that they thrive in this new technological environment? Like, how, how do you wrap your mind? I mean, you and I understand that that's just that's just logic. That's the way it's going to be. Everything is going to evolve with the technology and especially things that uh, you, you don't want to do. I mean, it's not like they're going to communicate this stuff straight up on Facebook. You know, come right. to the human sacrifice over here at this time and address. It's not going to happen there. But the communications that are available, how would you think that people who used to do this by letters and phone calls and whatever else they were doing? Uh, how would you think they wouldn't utilize this, right? I mean, you ever, you ever have to deal with that with somebody who says, you know, I don't even believe any of your work is valid or any of this stuff. Come on, man. This is all fantasy, isn't it? Right. Well, no, I get dismissed. I get labeled a conspiracy theorist and kind of other terms or kook or crazy, which is fine. But I think all my work is, you know, footnoted and referenced. I didn't make it up out of whole cloth. And mm-hmm. I actually read a lot of the original documents. It's interesting that you kind of, followed that path of how pre-internet and post-internet, because this group started pre-internet, and you can actually see the original manuscripts that were sent out through PO boxes anonymously. And really what created the growth was these old manuscripts that had grown pre-internet, then were posted on the internet and really kind of diffused. And it was a strange kind of diffusion because the Order of Nine Angles at least publicly didn't say that we're a rigid group. You can just take our ideas. And so even the, even to this day, I'm still learning like some of the ONI ideas suffused the kind of Nordic death metal bands. 
So you'll see words like Nexian that come straight out of the ONA or this kind of idea of the trident of Poseidon who lives in the water and wants to overthrow uh, the original gods. It was at Zeus or something like that. But so you'll see that these ideas dif diffused and some people became actual members of the Order of Nine Eagles or some people just became independent people. But you're right. The Internet has given people the opportunity of like-minded people to um, communicate that they couldn't do it before. So independent people could not, you know, you have to send letters. But now you see people with very strange subgroups on the dark web, whether it's uh, dealing drugs or Silk Road or um, pedophilia or extreme BDSM red rooms and stuff like that. The truth is, is those kind of things do exist now. Very extreme, uh, very transgressive things. And I think Order of Nine Angles is part of that kind of dark web underground movement. Yeah, but that's the thing is that a, a lot of, look, look, just like anything else, right? I used to live in New York City. And sure, there were the bars and there were the stores. And then there's a network of basements, you understand. All right. And yeah, the more extreme things that you couldn't get away with in public. Now, look, I don't care if a bunch of consenting adults want to get together and beat each other with sticks. It's not, you know, like, I don't agree with it, but it's not my problem. Um, and that kind of thing then seemed to flourish into, and maybe it was just me try, trying to come to these conclusions. But it's like, once you could start to do that, though, in the basement of the bodega, okay, um, it just, it grew and grew and like-minded people who had things that uh, they definitely would not want to share with the general public, whatever it is, whether it's, uh, you know, really serious religiosity connected to uh, neo-Nazism or right. it's uh, like you said, pedophilia, snuff films, snuff you know, films. Right. Sure. all that stuff. And, and all of it, yeah, underground in a literal sense, <laughs> but underground, there's always been an underground and now there is a, well, you know, again, uh, apologies to the pop group, but there's a digital underground. And, you know, a lot of it, again, like I said, I don't care if people want to do drugs. I don't care if, you know, uh, you want to wear a diaper and pretend you're a baby. Okay. You know what I'm saying? These kind of right. things are my problem. Yeah, uh, but they're real. Here's the thing. I quoted in my first Smiley Face Killers movie from a, movie, a documentary called Kink, where it's like extreme BDSM and people pay but they're coming in from all over the world to watch these rooms. So mm -hmm. these are like the above ground known BDSM. And I go into like the underground stuff or I put on the cover of my first documentary, like a literal kind of snuff film being, being done and uh, really heavy duty BDSM. But it shows at the end, this person is being drowned by water mm -hmm. and, and forcibly drowned, like really heavy duty stuff. And I think that, Part of that is this smiley face killer phenomenon is that these people are kept somewhere and then dumped later. So, I mean, it gets it gets really extreme. And that's well, part of the body. That's part of the body removal. So you fake a, a death by putting them in water like, oh, hey, they drowned. We just found them. Right. Well, and, that's, and that's the thing is that people that are satisfying some sort of twisted urge, you know, on the one level, I don't care about it, you know, but when it comes down to. Now there are unwilling victims involved. Uh, you know, th 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 there's, there is your line. And it's strange because, again, like I said, there are literal disappearances, batches of them. Again, the, the, none of the media wants to tell you that, you know, there's women disappearing from this area. There's young men disappearing over here. There's children disappearing over there. 
they don't really focus on it uh, and and alert the public, which is kind of weird because, again, I, I forget exactly how old you are, but I do I just re- turned 53. OK, so you're just a touch older than me. You'll remember this when we were kids. This would have been the kind of thing where be aware. You know, your children are disappearing. Like, uh, again, I grew up in the, you know, in the tri-state area. I remember Aton Pates, right? I still remember that name because that kid disappeared. And they alerted you. And then they said there were other instances and they would come out. And it seemed almost like a public service was being done. Be aware. You can Uh, leave it out there. You can leave it out there. Sorry. Oh, no, even even the summer, you know, even the uh, Son of Sam killing, right? It was like, be aware. This is happening. Uh, you know, and I was alive for that. I was a little kid. Uh, but but I'm just saying, it just seemed like that's the way it was. And even if, like, uh, there was, like, a handful of kids that would get snatched a couple of states over, it seemed like the alert would go out and there would be, like, a public awareness. Now, the funny thing is you'd think that with the evolution of communication, yes, indeed, we have Amber Alerts today. But, I mean, with the evolution of communication, it seems like the pushback against this stuff actually is not moving forward as the tool for the evil trade is. And I wonder what your thoughts are about that, because, again, and I want to get into the specifics of the death cult, but these are the questions I have in my mind. About- right, but you're, you, you make an excellent point, because not every criminal gets caught and not every criminal wants to get caught. So they do things to not get caught. They're mm-hmm. on the dark web. They're uh, encrypting their communications. I've done tons of shows. Randy Kraft was a gay serial killer in L.A., 100 victims off the charts, probably the, one of the lesser known, more highest body count killers out there. Um, I've also covered uh, a kid who's it was Sue Ann Kolderick, whose book was found in Jeffrey Dahmer's room about another gay serial killer who, who would move in between jurisdictions to intentionally um, confuse the police. So somebody's doing some thinking, calculating. Uh, Eiler was his name. He was another gay serial killer. And then I did another one that I covered in my documentary, a gay serial killer out of London who dumped bodies and made them look like overdoses. So he was killing them, but with GHB, which is a a common denominator, a lot of SFK cases. And then another case I did was the flat tire murders in South Florida, like 15 or 20 girls, all dead, never got anybody. So, you know, there's definitely, I think it's very important, but there's definitely unsolved murders and the incentive for the cops is to get those murders off of their desk for one reason or another. So I think the smiley face killers thing was very easy for the authorities because they could just chalk it up to an accidental death and not try to investigate it like some wrongdoing. But, mm. uh, yeah. No, and this and here, here you've struck upon another theme, too. And this will be my last question. Then I want you to lay out for me a little more about what's in this book, because This is something, and I've never even said this to anybody, but it's something I've been pondering recently. Um, From Jeffrey Dahmer to John Wayne Gacy uh, and ever after, it seems to me as though there is uh, never a focus. There's always a focus. What was the relationship with their mother? What was their childhood like? What was their, you know, and one of the things that is uh, really consistent it seems to me like in a lot of the higher profile cases and the lesser known cases is um 
you know, and I'm not saying that homosexuals are serial killers, okay? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there are a lot of the most deranged, most violent, most vicious. Um, I mean, clearly, you know, Ted Bundy couldn't be classified as homosexual. But, uh, you know, when, when you go to the big names, I get it. But some of the other ones, if you ever notice, there, there, there's not really a focus on that at all. And I'm not saying that there should be, but it almost seems like it's uh, an unspoken rule about this. Do you have any thoughts on that? Hold on just a second. Oh, yeah, sure. No, no problem. No problem. As I said, you know, Dahmer was the whole thing with he wanted to control the bodies of, uh, you know, young men, teenagers. Okay. And and people will say pedophile. They'll they'll come out and attach that to the serial killer. Um, but it just seems to me as though there's a reluctance to attach uh, homosexuality. And, and again, John Wayne Gacy is a good example. Nobody, th- you know, they think of him as a killer clown. And uh, they think of him as the guy who had, you know, uh, a bunch of guys under his house. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it's almost like a reluctance to focus on the fact that they're in that world, which just from a uh, a criminal standpoint, an investigative standpoint, changes their access to their victims automatically. Um, and so, you know, there, there's something to Sorry it, not what it is. So I'm just curious, you know, if you have anything to comment, because I, I notice that, again, a lot of the very prolific serial killers, um, not only is there a sexual basis to it, but a lot of them, you know, it's like very politely, the media called them pedophiles, but will never, ever lean into the idea that, you know, there is uh, a lot of, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that gay guys are always serial killers. What I'm saying is that it changes their access to their victims at the very least. No doubt. If they're in that lifestyle. And it doesn't seem as though, you know, and it's not just because of the new politically correct either, by the way. But it, it, it's just always been almost a general rule not to uh, don't 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 hover on the fact that they're homosexual, basically, because, like I said, Gacy, the guy you brought up, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, don't focus on that so much. Yeah, they killed men, but not a big deal. They will sensationalize Ted Bundy for his brutality toward women and the sexual basis for it. And, uh, and stuff like that. I mean, Dahmer, yeah, you kind of got that story, but even then they didn't really hover on it. You know what? There might be some politics involved in that whole situation. It's interesting too, because Gacy, who you mentioned his last three or four victims, he threw in water off bridges. So that was his last or final method of body uh, disposal, much like the smiley face killers phenomenon. But, uh, the fact that there, there are gay killers out there that people are mentioning is very curious. And it kind of ties into your earlier statement about the underground in New York City. Uh, there was a movie with Al Pacino called Cruising, which was very scandalous at that time. But it was about a serial killer in the gay underground. And a lot of that leather stuff kind of I, in my first Smiley Face Killers documentary, I looked into a lot. But a lot of the ideas like there's a very dark underground and the ONA is part of it. And it, it actually, believe it or not, they hallow the life of Adolf Hitler. So it's actually kind of like neo-Nazi, neo-Satanism in this group, at least as it originally was conceptualized. Uh, it was conceptualized by a guy named David Myatt, who was uh, part of the uh, neo-Nazi movement in the UK. I think he's a pretty intelligent guy, but he, during his you know, interest in Nazism, he also had an interest in the occult. And he kind of fused 
uh, the ideas of the Nazism and the occult together in creating kind of the concepts of the Order of Nine Angles and uh, kind of lived them out. Like he, he had this idea of insight roles where you would essentially infiltrate groups or places to learn about them and kind of uh, infiltrate them with your own ideas. So he actually became a Catholic priest or a Catholic monastic for about 18 months and then integrated all that Catholicism into his version of Satanism, which is uh, pretty remarkable. But you also see this idea, their outlook is that people who aren't from the ONA, they have a contempt for humanity. They call them mundanes or homo hubriati. And those are the people that they uh, feel like it is evolutionary change to kill. So it has short-term and long-term benefits to cull or kill these people. So they have a very vicious outlook, and you kind of can see uh, maybe some of these deaths that happen in strange ways might have, uh, the person who did it might have been in, in influenced by ONA doctrine. doctrine. So um, once you kind of look through their ONA, it kind of makes this mysterious kind of order much more palpable and understandable, but they're very different because I've studied Crowley and I've studied some you know, I've read the Satanic Bible, and I've studied some Aquino, who died two years ago. I did a show on Aquino, by the way. Apparently, I think it was George from Candef said he he committed suicide at 72 in San Francisco. But uh, there's actually a section in my book called The Satanic Letters where Myatt is communicating with Aquino and these other members of the Temple of Set, which is an offshoot of the Church, offshoot of the Church of Satan, and really distinguishing himself or his group, the ONA, from the Temple of the Set, Temple of Set, in the sense that the Temple of Set was kind of play. He thought they were play acting at Satanism because they weren't killing people. So you kind of see that core, at the core, the ONA had a very vicious, very violent um, outlook, really from the beginning, and that's what separated them. And I don't think it's a very large group, probably two, three thousand members globally, if that, with other people who might have been influenced by them. But it's their lethality and their lethal outlook. And their idea that they really want to create kind of a galactic order, so they have a far-reaching kind of space opera outlook where they're headed towards the, the solar system, but a lot of these people who they want to kill are the people holding them back from attaining the stars. So you kind of see this kind of cosmology that's been created that uh, it's really a vicious. I mean, the ideas are really vicious, I think. No, for sure. And and look, I can see how uh, somebody who takes this seriously uh, would would think the Temple of Set is a joke. I mean, I, I do recall them in their heyday, uh, communicated with them. They used to encourage you, send us letters, we'll send you literature. Um, and I, I, I was in a very strange world when I was a kid, let me tell you, uh, and, and could tell you some interesting stories. But I remember Aquino getting a lot of attention in the media. You know, and, and if you don't remember him, if you're, you're as old as me going, what are you talking about? Uh, the guy with the, you know, the, the freaky eyebrows who was, you know, former military officer who was going on every TV show you could think of. I mean, Geraldo and everything, uh, you know, showing up as the representative of Satanism. And meanwhile, the Temple of Set is is, is weird. It's not even like a, it's not the Satanic Church I was talking about. These people don't even want to be associated to it because they think it's a joke. Um, and and why? Because I think they actually had something more than just the, you know, Anton LaVey's uh, really ridiculous book. 
and 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 going with the uh, you know the 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 Crowley uh, plagiarism uh, from other occultists, by the way, they they they're going beyond this. So, and I think a good illustration might be: Could you give us a, a very basic explanation of what the nine angles are in the minds of the people that are uh, purporting to support this uh, this concept? Right. Well, they have they there's actually a dispute between the ONA and the Temple of Set because the Temple of Set had some kind of ritual of the nine angles. And the ONA kind of has this order of the nine angles is uh, their view. They have this idea of gates like uh, gates between the current world and the spiritual world is one thing. One way to say it, they would say causal and a causal. And so you have this planet of the this, the planets, but you also have the Earth Gate, Man's Gate, Stargate, Dark Gate, where they can presence dark gods. And those angles in between those and the planets of Venus, Saturn, the Sun, Mars, and Moon are what creates their nine angles. So it's almost like the nine angles is something representing the, the planets as well as these gates where they can draw down and presence. And they actually believe which is pretty crazy that they can presence these dark gods in themselves. So they have 21 dark gods and during certain rituals or certain things they do, they can, um, they can actually transform themselves. They can, uh, you know, shape shift and do other things. It's pretty interesting because there's a very famous singer who put out a uh, video, which is like right out of the ONA. It's called bad habits. And, uh, can't remember the name of the of the guy Ed Sheeran. You know who Ed Sheeran is? Yeah, yeah. Go check out Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits, and you'll see the ONA doctrines basically played out before you with the smiley face symbols too. But essentially, the character in the song talks about meeting strange people. You turn change at night. They literally shape shift and transform themselves at night, uh, which uh, is very ONA. But you, to, for me to watch that video that just came out is really astonishing. But it definitely encapsulates all kind of ONA stuff, <coughs> vampirism. Um, so the order of the nine angles to get back to that is really mm-hmm. kind of their cosmology, which I think is unique. I think it's different than what the Temple of Set does. Yeah, yeah, that's why I made that point, is that I can see why that would be a, a serious juxtaposition. Because uh, the the idea that you can you know really transform yourself into something, just my basic understanding— and. I got to read this book to get a better understanding. But my basic understanding is the the actual, uh, you know, transmutation is not really in the Temple of Set stuff. You know, they talk about ritual and intention. I mean, they're very like just like New Age, but turned on its head, you know, be the bad guys in the New Age. It, it seems like I, I mean, that's what I always took from them, uh, you know, reading their material. And, and it, it just... You know what I'm saying? It's clearly a different animal here. Now, because you brought up the Kino and because I do get uh, questions in either the chat room or uh, on Skype, I think this is a good one because um, <laughs> you, you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah, don't uh, worry. I don't take any questions. Don't worry. Yeah, I figured. Uh, I have since- a picture of a Kino in my book, too, because I think he's an important juxtaposition between him and mine. It's very important there, their interchange. Oh, and he's a very serious figure in introducing the narrative. Um, you know, and, and I, I dispute a lot of the what people would call satanic panic of the 80s and 90s, because uh, a, a lot of that stuff, I, I actually knew where it came from. 
And a lot of times it was really a reaction to people getting spooked by something else that somebody did. A lot of it was these, you know, pile on things that were being done by uh, by kids, honestly, that, you know, today they're they're in all different directions. You know, they're not all uh, class A Satanists or anything, Uh, but they were just, you know, mixed up kids doing doing things to get a reaction because they saw reactions being gotten. Um, And and, and I, I, you know, some people object to that when I say, no, 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 it was all. And I'm like, look, you know, at at a certain point, you got to understand that uh, teenagers are going to do, you know, certain things <laughs> to get attention if, if they're misguided. OK, it's just it's it's reality. But anyway, back to the Sakino thing, because he was a prominent face during then. Right. Uh, you know, uh, people uh, often talk about his connection to the intelligence community. So uh, the question here is, you know, what what does apparently not familiar? What does the guest think uh, is the connection between the dark forces in the intelligence community and the death cult? Is it something that's intertwined? Is one infiltrated by the other? Right. Well, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, even going back to Crowley and the intelligence uh, agencies, I get that question a lot. Was he an intelligence agent posing as an occultist or occultist involved in the intelligence? And I would say for Crowley, he was an occultist with intelligence ties. And I would say the same thing at Dione. I think that it's Inception. Uh, I think the founder is very intelligent. um, But I don't see a lot of signs of intel and the connections of the intel. If it's an intel agency, they're doing it all wrong because some people have taken this seriously and killed people. So these ideas, this manuscripts and stuff, for example, transferred to... Canada. So a guy in Toronto two years ago goes out and knifes and slits somebody's throat after doing ONA rituals. He also possibly killed somebody else, stabbed him. So he looks like he's enacting or or acting upon ONA ideas. There's like five to ten kids, young kids, who are reading the Satano-Nazi documents and either getting involved in far-right groups in the UK. So it would be a terrible thing. There was also a London nail bomber, which is a very well-known case in the UK. I think it was 98 where somebody really injured like 500 people. Some very severely blew their legs off who uh, was associated with the national socialist movement in the UK. I don't know how much of the ONA, but he was definitely involved with something that Myatt was involved in. Um, So uh, how much of that, the idea, I mean, I think that at least here in the States, the ONA the reason for the title of my book, Putting Together the Order of Nine Angles and Adam Waffen, is the ONA doctrines infiltrated and influenced this right-wing group here that really started fairly recently, 19, you know, 2015, um, Adam Waffen. And you'll see their documents, the sinister uh, tradition or these other things that they're doing, and they're clearly getting inside roles. They're going into the military to get training. But so that's another example of where if the intel agencies started this, they made a huge mistake because they're creating all these crazy radicalized kids, young people who now have kind of national socialism, national socialism plus this idea, these ideas which are kind of novel ideas that they probably wouldn't have. They'd have a much coarser kind of occultism and national socialism without these ideas. So, uh, So I think that... There is intel, and these have been, I mean, in my research, there's such obvious, uh, hunt not honeypots, but such obvious intel 
projects in the right wing that I shouldn't have to tell you that this is an Intel project. So some people have said, it's your job to expose these, um, you know, uh, you know, d uh, secret kind of uh, infiltrations. It's really not my job uh, because you should be able to tell and you're really not very smart to get involved in some of these groups. Adam Waffen was totally taken apart. Uh, they just had something in, in my kind of newer uh, updates to my book. I include this whole thing about Suter, who was involved in a Nexian of ONA called the Temple of Blood. But there was a statement from somebody from the government told the defense lawyer for a kid named uh, Cole that Sutter was to take like 140,000 of the government's money to essentially kind of uh, testify as a confidential informant against some of these other people and put them in jail. So mm -hmm. that was one example of the U.S. government. Getting a gen, that's all confirmed. That's one example of the U.S. government getting. And this is just this year. This is literally like two months ago. Uh, right. That's one example. So I would say a lot of these far right groups, even Satanism, I would. I mean, I wouldn't be. Yeah, there's probably people who are uh, informants or maybe straight up government agents. Well, and here's the thing: I'm satisfied with the idea that uh, you know some of this stuff. Look. Religiosity doesn't necessarily uh, need to involve a, uh, a, a a god per se. Something else can be in the place of God. Like there there is uh, there's a concept that because I'm getting two other things here in in, in the uh, comments. One of them is that you know quite often there is uh, you know well they they call it pagan concepts. I don't think that's fair. Uh, I, I, what they mean to say, I think, is that there, there's always uh, an esoteric element, whether you look at the Nazis or you look at yes. uh, any of these parties. And, and it could be even a twisted version of uh, Christianity, as we've seen. You know, it, right. it, this just to interrupt, Chuck, this group has druidic concepts. So mm -hmm. you could call those esoteric. But a lot of it is very much a sacrifice. You go out into the woods, you're out at night, you're all in black. There's all kinds of secret sacrifices. I would say that it comes part of it comes out of Druidism. Okay, no, fair enough. But my, my point is is that uh, when it comes to the intelligence community question, because it's kind of being asked again, here's here's what you need to understand about the intelligence communities. If they can weaponize it, it doesn't really matter. You understand? The criminality of it doesn't matter. The ethical, <laughs> you know, uh, orientation of it is irrelevant. If it can be weaponized to serve a purpose, you can almost guarantee that the intelligence communities will involve themselves, okay, or create it. Uh, okay. it's, it's, not, it's not a far cry. Now, that doesn't mean that every single one of these cult groups, you know, because even when you go back to Jim Jones, right, the, the, the whole, you know, is it an MK Ultra project? Listen, very well could be. But it doesn't always mean that these things are not organic growth situations. Right. Uh, and, and also, it doesn't mean that the intelligence community c uh, controls the whole thing or anything. But if they can weaponize it, I promise you they will. OK, I mean, I mean do you think that's an unfair statement? Mr. No, Rand I don't think it's unfair. I think that there's probably involvement in this. But like I said, there's little things that happen. This Von Nudigem, there was a kid out here, Woodward, who got involved in Adam Wappen and stabbed some 20 year old Jewish kid. So it could have just got out of their hands. But. Like I said, the ideas of the ONA have dispersed through occult groups and all over the world. So if they created this set of doctrines, they've unleashed something that uh, 
a lot of toxic things that have affected families and uh, has really kind of poisoned the global psychosphere, I think. Very fair. I don't think they're super well known, but I think the people who are in that, that occult underground, if they get their hands on this, they become kind of like death knights. They become, try to secretly kill people and things like that. Right, right. Well, okay, listen, I, I, I definitely, uh, again, appreciate all this. I've got a more of an open mind to it than I used to, okay? And I'll tell you why. Um, I have said several times, I don't quite understand. Now, uh, people, again, might not be thrilled with this, but uh, that Marianne, whatever her name was, that ran for president, who made the statement— Marianne Williamson? Yeah, Williamson, uh, who made the statement that there is a darkness, you know, falling over the planet, right? Um, I can't argue with her. I, I got to tell you, it, it, it feels like, and I know that many people have written about this, you know, uh, in, in modern history, for sure, that they feel as though, you know, the darkest time is coming. The darkest time is coming. You know, the, the doomsday is always just around the corner because of uh, people's perspective at the time. But I got to tell you, there is a weird twist in the psychology. That has gone on here. And and look, I'm not on board with the, you know, absolutely trust uh, the pronouncements from the authorities when it comes to COVID. Do I think that that is uh, the actions of a death cult? Some people think that's the actions of a death cult. Uh, people are going in all different directions, but I see that there is a discord between reality and what's going on in people's heads. OK, and I think that's an across the board statement. And almost anybody I've known over the past couple of years has fallen victim to some sort of trouble trying to navigate the world that is not quite familiar to them anymore. Like the world seems to have changed very much recently. I, I, you know what? It could be my sensitivities have changed. But I got to say, I, I, I've literally encountered nobody who has been unaffected by what seems to be a almost like a force which is universally in, in some small way or large way poisoned seemingly the minds of everyone no matter who they are and, and i made that observation i've asked the question you know like why is it that we we have become so divisive so hyperbolic so ridiculous uh in our interactions so disconnected so non-empathetic i've asked that over and over again um, and one of the weird questions, again, in my Skype, which I'm going to stop asking you there because we're going to run out of time, uh, is, uh, you know, why don't you ask Ramsey if he thinks that uh, this is definitely a related issue, that this is something that is being done? Because, look, a ritual among a relatively small portion of the population could be having influence in a very real world way over the rest. Uh, that's the way they phrased it. Okay. But, I, but I'm just saying, I have felt as though, you know, Williamson was not wrong, that there is a darkness falling over things in, in, in the very recent years. And, uh, is, is this the source? Is this a symptom? What do well, you think? I would say that they're part of it. I would say a very, to a smaller degree. I mean, I think that these groups and a lot of the far right groups, they believe in nihilism and accelerationism, accelerating towards, their kind of utopia, which is actually a post-apocalyptic nightmare. But so the, it's kind of like the Nazis. They they benefited from, you know, the uh, stock market turbulence and the, the destruction of the economy. And I think that these groups, if they really want to get in power, 
they want to create an environment that would seed them into some type of greater authority and power. So I think, and almost you almost see that with the communists too. They want to accelerate things from their left perspective. So I think that uh, these kind of amoral groups, uh, well, there you have a different morality, I would say, but are definitely part of the problem. I mean, so part of these killings and part of the offering type of thing is to kind of accelerate the uh, the evolution of uh, individuals in the globe with that with that galactic imperium as a goal. Like they're they have their own utopianism. So some of these people, the the pain and suffering they've called fa- caused families and things like that, I think is part of their goal. Like they have a very harsh uh, nihilistic worldview. So it's just the acceleration in this time, more or less. It's not necessarily that. Uh, I mean, in, indeed, we may be a little more aware based on the tools presented to us at this time. But this could have been the condition all along, you know. Uh, people can still want to talk about the Zodiac killer, which I think is, you know, pointless. Uh, but they still want to talk about it because there's still a mystery there. Uh, and there is a, uh, you know, again, the uh, esoteric aspect of it, so to speak. There's and, definitely esotericism with the Zodiac killer, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But in 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 perspective, in context, right? It's not the major case. It, it, it's not the major thing that's shaken the world. It definitely didn't do it. It seems to have stopped even, right? That particular set of murders. Right. There are ongoing situations here. And yes, you know, there, there is a circumstance where, of course, hookers don't count, uh, you know, and of course, uh, uh, Native women don't count to some people, right. you know, and, and so on and so forth. So, there is the dehumanization, the disconnect in a time when we should be so much more easily connected to one another. That is a weirdness that goes on here. Um, and it, it seems it feels intentional. I, I, I don't know. You know, it feels intentional, but it may be that these groups have always existed in one form or another. And, uh, you know, the the rhetoric might change a bit, but the goals remain the same. As you said, there's a utopian vision. And what do you need to do before your utopia can come? Whatever it is, whatever your thought process is, whatever label you want to put on it is, universally, it seems like destroy it all and rise from the ashes. Right. Go look at communism. Go look at Nazism. Their utopia was in the East. They were going to create a utopia, Lebensraum utopia, but they had to kill everybody off to get there. And it's the same thing in, in communist systems, not just Russia, but to get to their utopia, you guys are in the way. You are part of the bourgeoisie or you are keep holding us back from our utopia. And it's just a river of blood to a mirage. Both of those political systems got to nothing. They never really achieved that much other than a lot of death. So you got to really be suspicious of utopianism, uh, you know, overtly. Uh, an un- unobtainable of utopianism. It's just like going towards the new man kind of argument where they're going to create some, some fantasy new man when we've always kind of been the same same type of people. So, um, And I think you see that within the ONA, actually, is that kind of new man, new utopianism. You're supposed to become like a different person when you join the ONA. You become a changed person and not part of the you're kind of, they call them homo galacticus. So you're no longer part of 
Wow. Uh, old, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and it's also for the creation of kind of that adversarial worldview where you're somebody and they're not, right? So, those are things to be suspicious of too. Like, we're not all one of part of, of the human family. It's that they are Homo Galacticus, Galacticus and everybody else is Homo, Homo um, Hubriati. Oh. So, yeah. So, you see that within the doctrines. And I've listed everything out in the book. So I have what my longest section is the concepts of the ONA. So, I mean, that that's going to be the great thing about this when I get to read it, is that we're going to see that you, you'll actually lay this out. You know, and, yes. and that is the important thing. If people are not informed, they can't possibly, uh, you know, understand when somebody just references it and says, you know, like you see me kind of struggling through it a little bit because I don't know all the ins and outs of this. I, I mean, I have a vague concept of it, right? And that indeed might be more dangerous than anything. Uh, another another commentary here, just really quickly, and this is mine, is that uh, you know I, I wish at some point people would recognize that every kind of system that man creates is guess what, mortal also, you know, and and that is a a fascinating hubris that goes one way or another, whether it's you know the the, the Hale Bob comet cult or it's uh, Scientology or it's virtually anything. Okay, this this idea that through just going down this path, you you are special, and you are special above others. You will also find eternity through this. There is a greater place you're going to. There's always this promise of, guess what? Immortality in one way or another, whether it's through vampirism, it's, right, or right. it's you know. And, and that's the I, hey Chuck. Just to interrupt. The seventh level of this septenary way is supposed to promise immortality, right? So that's the kind of solution from their their position. It's not the that, Christian solution, but it's their solution. No, and that figures because, as I said, universally, this is what you can see. And I'd rather that people were able to spot these things as opposed to getting enthralled by. Because at the end of the day, that's the best purpose for this. I don't want to see anybody else get tangled up in these things. Enthralled is the perfect word too. Exactly. Yeah, well, the best best one I could come up with. So with just a couple of minutes left again, uh, you know, because we're going to go a little over because we started late. But I want uh, you to tell people about your site, if you got any recent shows, anything you want to promote first. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and you know, just let us know what's in the near future for William Ramsey. I'm already getting a request uh, to have you back because they're like, you know, I hope this is great. I hope you have him back on. I love to. I don't want to bother him too much, but we'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. Yeah, I'd love to be back on anytime. We haven't talked about any of my other books or documentaries. I can talk about the Smiley Face Killers and why people should know about that, especially you if know, their kids are going off to college. Yeah, no, I watched. I I saw that, and I, I got to tell you, I, I watched a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of documentaries that revolve around murder, one way or another. Uh, that is real strange. Um. Very strange. It's, it is happening. It is a real phenomenon, though, unfortunately. No, and that's the strange. But that's the hardest thing of it is that again. Remember, I told you in the, a little while ago when we were kids, they used to alert you when a pattern emerged. One, two, three. This is not three bodies. This is not. There's a lot going on here. I mean, yeah, it takes a while, and you know, fifteen hookers had to disappear or whatever before Joel Ripken got uh, caught. Right? Was right. it not? Right. Good point. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just saying, it, it takes a handful, it takes a dozen, 
you know, if they're people that have been depersoned by society in one way or another, and that's something to keep out for, you know, just because somebody is not you and just because somebody does something you don't approve of, you can't just surrender their right to be part of the human family. Okay. And, and that is one of the things that is weaponized against you by the people that, uh, Either they're a one-man killing machine or they're a group. This is how they uh, they continue to prosper in right. their efforts. So, uh, you know, again, if you want to object to anything I said, go right ahead. No, I don't object. One thing I would like to say before we wrap up is that you mentioned the name Jeffrey Dahmer on my show, on my broadcast, William Ramsey Investigates. I'm having Ann Schwartz on on Friday, October 29th at 2. She's talking about the new edition of her book, Monster, the True Story of Jeffrey Dahmer Murder. She was right there. She was a reporter in uh, Milwaukee. So that's coming up. And you can see all my other shows on William Ramsey Investigates. I'll start sending you more. I have five documentaries on Vimeo, William Ramsey. And you can see my smiley face killers there. And then my book can be found on Amazon or at my website, William Ramsey Investigates. And I just cleaned it up. A lot of the formatting is much better. And I put in another 25 pages. Excellent. Well, look, like I said before, we're definitely going to have to do this again very soon. I want to get into more of these topics. I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff here that is curious to me, but is, again, helpful because at all times, as individuals, as part of the human family, situational awareness, unfortunately, is going to involve uh, being aware of some of the darkness so it doesn't swallow you. William Ramsey, again, thanks, man. I appreciate right, it. Great to talk with you. Take care. Take care. And you guys stick around in the next hour. It's, it's going to get... Uh, well, a little deeper even. <laughs> but we, we couldn't even scratch the surface of William Ramsey. The Ocelli effect will return after this.